Hello, hello. Welcome to the Bookish Life. That's Phil. Phil. <laughs> That's Sarah. There you go. There you go. Um, how are you, Phil? I'm good. It's cold today, Sarah. I know. It was beautiful yesterday. That's right. I really did take a few minutes to just appreciate how beautiful our January was yesterday. Mm -hmm. And I'm glad I did. Because it's not today. I mean, it's January. Yeah, that's right. Cold and blustery. Mm -hmm. It's a blustery day in the Hundred Acre Wood. <laughs> that makes you think of Winnie mm -hmm. the Pooh. Yeah. Um, and I have a bunch of things to do in the cold and blustery mm -hmm. January day, but mm -hmm. we'll get them done. Before the pod, we were just talking about how busy we are, but we covenant to be fully present with you, Absolutely. our dear listeners, during this podcast. I don't feel busy at all. I feel calm and ready to talk about all the fun things we have on our agenda today. That's right. What is on our agenda today? Well, books. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about some books. Uh -huh. um, we're going to talk about some book discussions yeah. that are coming uh, to the shop and uh -huh. to our area. Um, I thought we would talk a little bit about that time we went to India. Oh, yeah. There, that time. That one yes, time. Yes, that one time. Took a quick little trip mm -hmm. to India. Just a, a jaunt, maybe? A jaunt. Yes. I mean, I'll never go back. <laughs> I feel right, but not that I didn't enjoy India. Yes, it's Ooh, far away. It's so far away. Yes. Um, and that's pretty much it. And then some stuff that's coming out that I'm kind of excited about. So, yeah. Well, let's roll. All right. Do you want to talk about uh, what you're reading this week? Uh, I'm still reading The Golden Ass by Apuleius. Mm -hmm. I'm, I have about 100 pages left. It's 270 okay. page ancient novel mm -hmm. um you know it's it's just fascinating like you know you have to i mean i just finished like a 30 page like side story mm -hmm. so uh lucius is now an ass okay. he's been transformed into, into an ass because his uh slave girlfriend put the wrong magical ointment on him he mm -hmm. was supposed to become an owl and instead he became... I hate when that happens. Don't you, though? Ugh. Instead he became a donkey. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyway, wackiness has ensued, but really terrible wackiness. Like, he gets beaten frequently. Anyway, and so then there's this long story about a beautiful uh, girl who ends up married to Cupid, but Cupid's mom, Venus, gets jealous and messes with their relationship, and it's quite the story. It has nothing to do with the overall plot of of the it's novel like it's just it, and that happens all the time mm -hmm. so what you realize is is like his astum is really just a uh, a vehicle mm -hmm. for all these other stories like that he overhears or that people tell him that's basically he gets it. to hear about that as an ass yes and he he did it as a human too and now okay. as an ass and then every once in a while uh somebody like beats him well yeah did you read cloud cuckoo land no oh so good is it good? There, yeah, it's really good. But there's one of the storylines. There's um, a young boy who has an ox, mm -hmm. or maybe two oxen, mm -hmm. um, and he's sort of traveling to this other place to connect to this other storyline. But um, they treat them so terribly, oh, and yeah. it was like his best friend. Anyway, mm -hmm. I had to. That was one of the other books last year that I read that I had to sit down for a little bit because. I didn't want anything bad to happen to his, to his ox. To his ox. I realized a few years ago that I had never seen an ox. Yeah. I don't and know then, if I have either. Yeah. Then my father-in-law said, well, it's just a male cow. I was like, it's about a bull. Anyway. Well, so this speaking is, of animals. Speaking of animals. <laughs> what are you reading? I'm reading. I'm finishing up. I'm almost done with um, The Bandit Queens. Mm -hmm. I sort of started last week. 
Um, and this is why, you know, I, I, I talked to Phil in the shop a couple of days ago. Um, this is set in India, like a small village in India. Mm-hmm. And um, I, since I've been there, it's so vivid to mm-hmm. me, sort of the scenery and the people that she's mm-hmm. talking about. There's a lot of discussion of the casts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one scene where there's a dead animal and she's sort of waiting for the right cast system mm-hmm. to come and yeah, take it away, yeah, like the yeah. untouchables or whatever, yep. um, which is really fascinating. And I remember when we were there, um, Shirley would point out people that she recognized from, from mm-hmm. the different casts mm-hmm. too. Um, I wouldn't have noticed the difference, yep. but, um, they know, but they, they know. know. Um, but this is really kind of a, a dark humor, sort of laugh out loud mm-hmm. sometimes funny story. Um, of Greta, whose husband has disappeared, mm-hmm. I mentioned this last time, and so all the women in the village kind of realize, oh, she can kind of help me get rid of this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, now the thing is, she didn't actually kill her husband; mm-hmm. he just left her, which mm-hmm. oh, you know, yeah. isn't really any better. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, they all think she did, and so she's kind of let this rumor perpetuate, mm-hmm. and she's kind of become this little terror in the village, <laughs> like the kids are afraid uh-huh. of her and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, so they kind of start knocking off these husbands and, you know, hilarity ensues. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it's really, it's a fun book. Mm-hmm. And um, I did read a little bit about uh, Perini Shroff. This is the author and she has an MFA from the University of Texas and she studied under Elizabeth McCracken, who I like very much. What has she written? Um, Bolala. Oh, yes. Thanks for asking me uh-huh. that question. Um, I can't remember. Something about bowling in the title. Oh, okay. Um, and lots of other things. Yeah. I can Google it real quick. Um, but now she's an attorney, and mm-hmm. she lives in San Francisco. So this is her debut novel. So, um, While you're Googling, yeah. I will say, as you know, I have an affinity for Indian, contemporary mm-hmm. Indian literature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do love India. And I would commend it to people. Um even if you've never been there, and even though in all likelihood you'll never go, it is it is a remarkable place. And I think there are a lot of gifted writers out there who yeah. are writing some really interesting interesting stuff. I think – anyway, it's just its own – there's a reason. It's called the subcontinent. It's like mm-hmm. its own deal. Yeah. Um, I just have never seen anything so vivid. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much color um, and dirt. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> A lot of dirt. And she, you know, she talks about that cover in her mouth yep. every time she goes mm-hmm. to walk to go do stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so she did Bowl Away is mm-hmm. the fiction book that I read that I really liked. She's also done The Hero of This Book, um, Exact Replica of a Figment of My Imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been writing for a long time. Okay. Thunderstruck, The Souvenir Museum. Okay. So that's who taught our... Yeah, they, our, uh, they worked together, okay. wrote together. There are okay. a few other people here too, but I'm not going to say them because yeah. I don't know what they wrote and you'll okay. ask me. Yeah, I will. Uh, so, yeah. Anyway, well, that's great. Okay. So I'll have to read that, probably. Yeah. Bandit Queens. I think you'd like it. I think yeah. you'd like it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, is there anything else that I wanted to say about it? Let me think. Um, there is a love interest, which is mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Um, and, you know, one of the other things that I didn't like about India, it was hard for me. Mm-hmm. Not that I... Yeah, it was hard yeah. for me for all the dogs, right? Oh, yes. They don't have pets like we do yes. here. They don't treat their dogs <laughs> like we treat our dogs. Yes. Um, but in this book, she finds a little dog mm. that was 
kind of poisoned. Mm-hmm. So she sort of took care of mm-hmm. it, and now they're they're besties. Mm-hmm. So that was I was like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And everyone does look at her like she's crazy because she carries this little dog yes. with her everywhere. Which you so, can imagine now, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what I was wondering mm-hmm. if, if folks would still appreciate the book because mm-hmm. I mean it would probably seem a lot of the things that she does is kind of weird mm-hmm. if you aren't familiar with the culture mm-hmm. at all. But that's what reading is for, mm-hmm. really, to help you get mm-hmm. familiar with it because she still has the same. You know, she wants she wants freedom. She wants to be secure. She yeah. wants a refrigerator. You know, the same thing. There's still want. people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, there's still people. there's still people. <laughs> yeah, know? you know, and it's uh, I don't know, but it's a, it's really well done and it's a lot of fun. So I encourage you to pick it up. Yeah, if you've never Bandit Queens read anything from and the, the Age of Vice is in there uh, in the yes. shop, which is also a new Indian novel. Yeah. Have you started that? I yet? haven't started it yet. It's quite big. So that's more like opulence, I think. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that the other side mm-hmm. of India, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kind of I think the the gateway drug, I think, to Indian literature modern seems to be um beyond the um what's it called? I just forgot it. It's <laughs> beyond the beautiful forevers. Okay. Um I'll fact check. I think that's it. Um Anyway, and it came out in the 90s and caused quite the stir, and I did read that. Um, did I get the title right? I think so, if it's by that's it, Catherine Wu. That, yeah, that's it. Um, and then, uh, anyway. I've never read that. Either one of us can tell you about some stuff if you're interested in it. Ooh, the Mumbai understood. So this is nonfiction. Yes. Okay. It's people who live by the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it's just the... I mean, what it's like to be in an Indian, basically, shanty town. Yeah. Um, because there's no way, I think, the the contrast between the rich and the poor in India is so stark. Like, mm-hmm. we think it's stark here in America. It has nothing on yeah. the wealth gap in it India. It is mind-blowing. It is. It is. Yeah, and the fact that they, yeah, and, and even with the folks who aren't rich there, there's this system mm-hmm. in place. Um, but you know, another thing that I think, um, Shroff does really well in the bandit Queens is she touches on all of that stuff, but it's so quick. And so just like part of her mm-hmm. everyday life. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, if you aren't really paying attention, you might not catch it, but there is a scene in the very beginning where she's talking about, she grew up really poor, her and this friend of hers, which that's another really prominent theme in the book is her childhood friend, has grown up to be like kind of snotty and they don't really oh. talk anymore. They've had a falling out. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's kind of a nice sort of look at sort of reconciliation and, and that kind of thing. But they both grew up really poor, the friend more poor than our main character. And um, just how, you, you know, girls who are in that system would just have to stay home all day. Mm-hmm. Like if they go out, they're in danger mm-hmm. because men can treat them however they want. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they would like, wait and go to the bathroom at night, you know, when it's dark, but even that is dangerous. Yes. Um, anyway, it was, it was, all that stuff is really kind of fascinating, but it's told through this lens of sort of dark humor and, mm-hmm. you know, we all like a good killing spree nowadays. So yeah. there we go. Yep. Everybody likes a good killer <laughs> unless they're the victim. Yeah. We don't, they don't like the killer. <laughs> it's not but, so great. Anyway. So yeah, I should finish that up and then I'll, um, pick back up my, uh, Australian Outback story that I saw. Oh. Yeah. Good day. Yeah. Good day, mate. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm reading. So, let's talk about the bookstore. Oh, yeah. What do you want to know? Well, <laughs> no. you said, let's talk about the bookstore. No. So, there's, and I, I wish I would have, like, written a script out, mm-hmm. but 
you know, every so often, well, no, not every so often, I pride myself Mm -hmm. in our selection of books Mm -hmm. and in the way that that people always ask us, you know, how we pick books and really the way we pick books in our shop, since it's so small, because we just kind of look at the people who shop with us and think about what they like to read and like who they care about. Mm And, um, and I think for the most part we do okay, but you know, sometimes we just miss the mark. And I got to say with Prince Harry's book, I missed the mark. (laughs) I had no idea so many people cared about this book. Because no one had, like, you know, no one was like, oh, are you going to get this book? So Uh I ordered two copies Mm -hmm. and they were gone Mm -hmm. before it even came out. Um, So now I'm waiting on some more, which is hard because a million other people want the book. Mm -hmm. But um, so I thought maybe we could talk a little bit about pre-ordering. Okay. What do you, what do you think about pre-ordering, Phil? What's your perception of that? Well, most of my stuff is Mm pre-ordered because, you know, listeners now know my routine of like, I read the review and then I email Mm -hmm. it on a Saturday morning. Uh, so I just think of it as like, I don't want to forget that I, and he pre-orders stuff that's like six months in advance. Sometimes. Sometimes he'll like in July, I'll be like, here's your book. So there's that. But I do like it because, um, I don't, it can, even as, even a small shop like bookish can Mm -hmm. be overwhelming. Like if I came in and I was like, I want a book, Mm -hmm. like there's so many options, uh, so I, I like it. If I know something's coming that I want, it just I, I won't forget about it. I know you'll have mm-hmm. it when it's out, and I it's, yeah. it's a lot easier for me. And, you know, and that's the thing with us because the way, you know, we are so small that a lot of times with a really big book like Spare, mm-hmm. um, the first, like they're going to ship out the orders that are at least a carton. So I had to mm-hmm. order 12 to get them guaranteed mm-hmm. on time, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Um, and I just didn't think I had 12 people that wanted to pay $36 for this book um, because I can't discount them like other places can when we can talk about that a different day. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I ordered my two and I crossed my fingers and hoped for the best. Um, but yeah, I think if there is a book or an author that you like or a review that you read and you want to have it mm-hmm. on the day that it comes out or you're really excited to read it, it's always a good idea to give us a call Cause we can order that. And then publishers like that too. Like they know how many to print, mm-hmm. you know, like if everyone told me they wanted spare back in what October, when yeah. we talked about it on the podcast, uh-huh. um, you know, I would have had 12 ready to go and you yeah. could have picked it up and you know, that kind of thing. So it helps, you know, publishers mm-hmm. know how many to print. It helps bookstores know how many to, to order. Um, is it good for authors as well? I think so. Yeah. They, they love that because they, you know, know they're mm-hmm. gonna make some mm-hmm. money well and i would think it would create a little bit of a buzz sure. like if there's a lot of pre-orders mm-hmm. or something yeah and um, but even if you know you like some weird obscure author maybe mm-hmm. um, and we're about to do um a, a, a pre-order campaign with a kind of a local author she's out of tulsa now but she grew up here in fort smith and um a lot of times you get goodies and stuff too mm-hmm. when you do pre-orders you don't because you're the only person that gets those books but <laughs> yeah you know, sometimes you can get like little perks if you pre-order too. So I just wanted to throw that out there. It's mm-hmm. good for all of us if you, um, you know, if, if you're the kind of person that really wants a book on the day that mm-hmm. it comes out. Yep. Um, so there's that. I am ready for Harry to go away. Yeah. It's really funny. The last time we talked about the Royals, you were like, I don't know why anybody would, you know, want to read this or care about this. And I went home and my husband was watching the documentary. <laughs> And it was, it's kind of interesting. It really is sad how they're like, treated, but you know. Yes. 
uh, they'll be okay. They'll be fine. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they live in Montecito, which is in the news, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. which is like, if you know who else lives in Montecito, I don't think we need to shed a lot of tears mm-hmm. for, uh, Harry and Megan in a material sense. Um, anyway, you know, I view it kind of like, uh, it's basically, it's basically sanctioned gossip. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think all of us are kind of into gossip. Like yeah. a lot of people are into gossip. And I think that's the attraction of it. It's kind of a sanitized, safe gossip. We're gossiping about Harry and Megan and Will and Kate instead of gossiping about people in our community sure. or friend groups okay. or families. Yeah, we'll never meet them. That's right. Okay. And it kind of scratches the itch and it gives you a little feeling of like, well, you're either team Will or you're team Harry. And it, you know, but it's like, it's just, if you deconstruct it a little bit, it feels. Yeah. It feels icky to me because it's like, I feel like with Harry, it's, you know, having your cake and eat it too. If you don't want the attention, don't sign a Netflix deal. Don't write a book about your family. Yeah. Don't go on Oprah. It's really easy actually to not get attention, but they need the attention for the money. Yeah. Right. Now they like, do. Yeah. Because they, they've been cut off. Mm-hmm. So they need it for the money. Um, but then they want to complain about like all your problems are solved mm-hmm. if you just go dark Uh-oh. we've really pushed a button well i just i don't <laughs> like it i mean i'm i'm anti-monarchy anyway as a good american i feel should be mm-hmm. uh but um it is kind of interesting you know you think about you know when you do hear the drama and everything mm-hmm. that's going on and you just think about mm-hmm. the history of yeah. the monarchy it's yep. always been this way it's terrible yeah. so like we like to talk about um, inherently corrupt systems mm-hmm. in our country, especially around social justice issues, right? Mm-hmm. That all came up over the last several years. Sure. So read, read Hillary Mantel's books on Henry VIII. The and that's right. And then tell me mm-hmm. that this is not one of the most inherently corrupt systems on the planet. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the progenitor of this. Yeah. So like, why, why are we surprised Mm-hmm. That these are terrible people when the system within which they exist mm-hmm. is the same system which embraced, created, fostered Henry VIII, who was an odious yeah. human it, being. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we're surprised that yeah. they're racist. Yeah, right. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> or that they're entitled or that they, you know, traffic in, in underage girls or we're surprised by any of this, yeah. you know? That's true. I mean, anyway. Yeah, I don't even know if they can say nice things about Henry VIII. Has it, I've never heard nice things about him. Have you? No, not really. And it's easy to <laughs> kick him because they're so far removed, oh, sure. you know, it's several hundred years. But certainly uh, there was quite a lot of, I think, concern of making sure Victoria, mm-hmm. you know, and it came off well. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure that that was so great. Right. Um, okay. Anyway, so it, that's my rant on that deal. Don't follow the royals. Read Indian <laughs> Fiction. Indian fiction yes. Yeah. yes. But I don't have any judgment. If you're into that stuff, you're into that stuff. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people are. That's right. I mean, I just... If they read a book, if somebody's reading a book, I'm for it. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, that's my little bookstore news I wanted to, to share with you. Yep. And so next time we'll talk about... I'll have to brush up and, and ask my uh, team, because I don't do this very often, but do you track your books? Do you track your reading at all? Mm-hmm. I don't either. I feel like a terrible person. Yeah. That. Um, but, you know, when I was teaching, I really never made my kids do it either. Mm-hmm. I was never the kind of teacher that was like, okay, mm-hmm. write about what you read today, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I just kind of wanted them to read and just mm-hmm. be in it and not worry about it. Mm-hmm. But um, 
Emily, who works for mm-hmm. me, is um, a very diligent mm-hmm. tracker of mm-hmm. her books. On mm-hmm. She used to use Goodreads, but we're switching over to Storygraph. So we will talk more about that next week. So okay. So you will understand what Do we need to have is. Emily on so she can talk oh, about it? Maybe. She might be good. Mm-hmm. I don't know if she'll come on, but I'll ask her. Ask her. We'll see. Um, but yeah, so we can talk about Storygraph because that's an app that was, in, I guess it came out a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. maybe in 2020. Um, and it's a... Um, like an alternative to Goodreads. Mm-hmm. Goodreads, if you don't know, is owned by Amazon. Oh, yeah. So uh, this was um, black women owned. Mm-hmm. It's an app on my phone and it sort of tracks all your reading and you can build your little community mm-hmm. just like Goodreads. But um, again, we'll, we'll have Emily on as she can discuss mm-hmm. the pros and cons and, and why she likes it. So um, that'll be our, our discussion nice. next week. Can I make a case uh, mm-hmm. before we move on for why it's nice to buy books instead of getting them from the library? Oh, sure. I don't have to track anything. They're all sitting in my yeah, living they're room. They're all right there looking. That's right. Them. Like uh, I was just in there the other day. It was when we were looking for like our five books mm-hmm. of 2022 and I've got them all on my shelves and there's some that haven't been shelved yet. And if anything's decent, I keep it. Mm-hmm. Like if, if I didn't like it at all or didn't finish it, mm-hmm. I'll give it away. Okay. But if I finished it and didn't hate it, it's still in my house. Yeah. And I look on my shelves and I'm like, oh, I loved right that there. book. You know, and I'd forgotten that I'd read it and mm-hmm. it's right there, oh, yeah. you know. Or then I start thinking, well, where's this one? And I realize I loaned it to somebody. And then that makes me happy because maybe somebody read it mm-hmm. even though I don't have it anymore. So when you buy your books, yeah. they're just sitting they're there. Just there. They're just staring there, at you, staring at you, yep. ready, true. ready to be read again or shared. But not everyone has that luxury, so that's still true. Go to the library if you need to. If you need to, yep. Buy your favorite ones. Yes. Um, sometimes people, you know, read it at the library and then come buy it, mm-hmm. which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what's coming out next week. This is for January seventeenth. Um, there are a couple of books that I picked that I'm kind of excited about. So this first one, I think you might like to. It's called Jellyfish Age Backwards, Nature's mm-hmm. Secrets to Longevity. And the reason mm-hmm. this is interesting to me is because um, where the light reaches, the book we talked about mm-hmm. last mm-hmm. week, mm-hmm. Um, there's a chapter about the immortal jellyfish. And it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the, it's not the scientific term, mm-hmm. but it's the layman's term yes. for this type of jellyfish. And they seriously like regenerate mm-hmm. like at astronomical rates mm-hmm. and like, they have taken over all kinds of places. They, they're evasive in mm-hmm. a lot of cases, but she kind of talks a lot about that. Um, and I, my suspicion is that's kind of what they're talking mm-hmm. about here, right? Um, so this is by, oh, I don't have my glasses on, um, Nicholas Brindborg. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is just how, because of our recent advances in technology, we're looking outside of our own species to understand kind of what what our limitations have been and how we can mm-hmm. learn from, from mm-hmm. this jellyfish. But essentially, mm-hmm. you know, they've had people who've tried to kill it and it just like, like you can just take a little piece off and yeah. like regenerate. Really? Yeah. So they're pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's my sea creature kick that I've been on since I read Remarkably Brought Creatures. You know, the futurists who are around swear up and down that the first thousand year old person has been born. Okay. Like that, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. I hope it's not me. <laughs> but it's you know, it just it made me think about that with like that notion of learning from nature mm-hmm. and then applying those lessons to human longevity and health. Yeah, I'm not saying we'll become jellyfish, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, like, there's I guess so. a lot of properties in nature that have been appropriated by mm-hmm. medicine. I mean, sure, that's how it's always been done, right? That's right. 
uh, Shakespeare quote, but it it's, didn't quite come out right, so oh, I'm not gonna okay. I'm not gonna say it anyway. So the next book is from my my guy Grady Hendrix. He writes horror, mm-hmm. and this is How to Sell a Haunted House. Um, and this is where he, in the thing about Grady Hendrix, he did Vinyl Girl Support Group, mm-hmm. which, did oh, yes, that? Yeah. she did, yes. And then the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of his thing. So he writes, you know, horror books, but they're also kind of funny and, and silly too. Um, so yeah, in this new novel, it explores the way your past and your family can haunt you like nothing else. Oh. So there we go. Um, and then we have, and I don't know how you feel about Kristen Chenoweth. She's Oklahoman. I like her. Right? So yeah. that's what I thought. Um, she has a new book coming out. It's called I'm No Philosopher, But I Got Thoughts. Many Meditations for Saints, Sinners, and the Rest of Us. Yeah. So, again, my initial thought was, you know, we don't sell a whole lot of celebrity memoir mm-hmm. or biographies or any of that. But since so she's from Oklahoma, maybe. 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 Yeah. Um, so if you are if you want any of these books, let us know. So we'll make sure that you have them on Tuesday. Um, and then the last thing I wanted to talk about is we are – Getting ready to really, it's our countdown to Colson Whitehead's visit. I've been talking about this since we started podcasting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's going to be here February 7th, which is like four weeks mm-hmm. away. And we are hosting um, book discussions, the, the Tuesdays mm-hmm. leading up to his visit. So next Tuesday, the 17th, um, 530, we're going to talk about part one. Mm-hmm. Following Tuesday, the 24th, part two, and then the 31st, part three. Um, and so his book, have you started it yet? Mm-hmm. No. Hurry. I know. But you can finish it. It's a quick read. It's okay. a hard read, but it's quick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in that, if you've read Nickel Boys and you need someone to talk about it with, mm-hmm. or if you read a long time ago and you need a refresher, feel free to come. Um, and we just kind of got to get everyone excited about his work so that we can visit him and ask really great questions. And yeah, we want to seem impressive. Yeah. Uh-huh. We don't want to be like, hmm. Yeah, by we, we want, I mean Fort Smith. We want him. We want him to come back. Yeah, and him to go home and go. Oh, that was nice. Mm-hmm. Nice yeah, place. maybe it'll be like a Hallmark type movie where he, the big city guy, comes to little Fort Smith mm-hmm. and is blown away by our plucky charm. <laughs> plucky charm. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> I hope he comes to the store, but he probably won't. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'll go to him nonetheless. But that's happening uh, starting next week. So we have. Um, our book discussions of the Nickel Boys, and then we also have on the 19th, um, Emily and Skylar are starting our Young Adult Book Club. Oh. So that starts Thursday at 5.30, and they're oh. reading Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. So that'll be the first mm-hmm. pick for January. So, Okay. Lots of discussion. I need to tell Elena about that, yeah, probably. Yeah, we'd love to have Elena and Callum. Well, I'll tell Elena. <laughs> <laughs> they came to see me the other day, did they? Oh, did they? Yeah, I was oh, talking to somebody, nice. so they just said yeah. that, but... It's good to see him. Anyway, I think that's all. Do you Great. have anything else you want to nope. discuss? I don't think so. Oh, this was good. This was yes. a nice break. Now um, I have to go to the post office. Oh, no. It's okay. I mean, it, that's bad. Yeah. It's just blustery. It is blustery. <laughs> yes, mind your hair. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good talk, everybody. Yeah, we will talk to you next week. Day. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Or hear, or you'll hear us soon. And we'll probably see you. I think we know most of you probably. <laughs> All right, take care. Bye. Bye.